Harvard Divinity School. What does it mean to awaken our dignity? March 20th, 2023. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Harvard Divinity School. Good to have you here for this special event with Pakshak Rinpoche. What does it mean to awaken our dignity? So I'm aware that in addition to having guests from all over the larger community, the greater Boston area, and as besides having people from various schools and parts of Harvard, um, there are a number of people here from Brandeis, people who came from Brown and elsewhere. So good to have you all and gather together. Welcome. Uh, I want to make a special thanks in terms of making this event possible to Jonathan McCransky, who's the Multi-Religious Ministry Initiatives Coordinator at Harvard Divinity School, and Dr. Monica Sanford, who's here, who's the Assistant Dean for Multi-Religious Ministry, to all of the faculty and staff connected with the Buddhist Ministry Initiative at Harvard Divinity School, our stalwart audiovisual team, and all of the people in facilities that work on these rooms, set them up, make it possible for us to have these events. Thank you. So about Pachak Rinpoche, there is so much to say, and I will just touch on a couple of the basics. But since you're at this event, you have his name. And later, if you simply put his name into a search engine, you'll immediately find his website and you can learn more details about the wide range of activities that he has initiated and that he is involved in. So Pachak Rinpoche, within the Nyingma tradition of Tibetan Buddhism, is a lineage holder of the profound treasures of Chogyur Lingpa, and he is one of the throne holders of the Ryuoche Taklung Kagyu lineage, which has its seat at Ryuoche in Kham, in the uh, region of eastern Tibet. Uh, Rinpoche was trained by his grandfather, Tolku Urgin Rinpoche, his father, Tsike Chokling Rinpoche, and the Dzogchen master, Nyosho Kempo Rinpoche. So for some of us, these are Tibetan names, but um, some of you have some sense of who these people are, and that is um, really something um, in terms of um, how to be brought up within Buddhism. So we're very privileged to have Pachak Rinpoche with us. He's a lay bodhisattva with a family, with children, and he oversees many projects and many responsibilities. So he's someone that can speak to our daily lives and our concerns. Through his nonprofit foundation, he has initiated both secular educational projects and religious educational projects. He has started a healthcare clinic there in Nepal where he resides as his home base when he's not traveling and teaching through the world. Um, he has created medical and dental camps for communities that are you know, outside of large cities so they can have access to that kind of health care. He spearheads a translation and publication project that is um, creating the ongoing translation of important Tibetan Buddhist texts into English. Um, and through his Samye Institute, he has set up entire 
programs for Dharma teaching for different types of students so they have a step-by-step -step way to try to pursue paths that would be relevant to their everyday life. In his own life, Pakshak Rinpoche exemplifies a balance among three areas, study and contemplation on the one hand. He, uh, when he was younger, did traditional study at Zongsar Shedra in India, traditional type of Buddhist study, but having spent a few minutes with him this afternoon, it's really evident how much he likes learning and continues to learn about anything that he can. So ongoing study, one of those branches, practice, a second branch, and altruistic activity for the benefit of society widely and for religious kinds of purposes. So those three areas um, relevant to all of us, we're really happy to have Pachuk Rinpoche. Please join me in welcoming him to Harvard Divinity School. He'll give a talk and then we'll have some questions and answers. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for uh, opportunity um, to, I'd like to share some of my thoughts and my experiences. And I hope you can take something that can be useful for your life and your journey. Um, basically, today my topic is about dignity. And that word is, I'm pretty sure we heard quite a bit in different time in society. But what I'm really mentioning, uh, what I'm really trying to say, dignity, is a nature and essence of our body, essence of our speech, what we breathe in, and actually essence of our mind, the emotions. So what is beyond our mind? essence, nature, our core nature, is actually uh, completely untouched by our negativity, action, uh, experiences in life. We never corrupted our essence. Mm, so the essence with which that is not corrupted, mm, cannot be corrupted, that is actually called a dignity. It's completely pure. Now, when I say this, when you need to understand is don't look at me and my word only. The best way to learn dignity is you listen, then you right away turn your mind inwardly towards yourself and what I'm referring, you try to direct your understanding towards, you in, towards your mind. It's going to be much easier. Um, so in the beginning level, we are kind of... Uh, mm, finding a little bit more difficult to grasp the idea of our nature is pure, our nature is perfect, because we are so much habitual tendons, habit, that you know, some, you know, we're driven on our plans and sometimes our projects and our you know, future to do, and sometimes we're lost what to do, we're not sure. So we are confused on that, so we are very much lost into our uh, daily action and life and planning. So we forgot about what is our nature is. 
So you can see a lot of the time nowadays, uh, mindfulness, uh, meditation, stress re uh, reducing methods. And now you start hearing a lot of compassion, contemplations, and uh, this kind of things. In daily life in yourself, sometimes you want to do something good, but then you meet difficult people. You don't know what kind of action you should do. Sometimes you feel like your compassionate action, you're a kind person, but you feel like somebody cheating you, cheated you, or hurt you. Feelings, sometimes you feel like you're not good enough for yourself and others. Sometimes you feel like you're not a good person, you judge yourself. So you can see a lot of this, uh, you know, internally and externally, we challenge quite a bit. Yeah? So the challenge comes because that you completely ignored uh, and for forget and forgot the idea of our nature, of our mind, nature of our breath, nature of our physical body, nature, essence, is actually completely pure, uncorrupted. So now the picture, the example that I like to give is a mirror. You know, mirror, completely, quite expensive mirror, you know, $100 mirror, very clean mirror, right? So you keep it the mirror for 10 years untouched, really. You just imagine, 10 years don't touch. The mirror could be a little dusty and you can't see your face clearly. But when you put $5 worth of cleaner and you put five minutes of cleaning, the mirror could go back exactly the same 10 years back, the how clean and pure. And can you see yourself, your own face? It's going to be exactly like that mirror. So the mirror, is actually our nature. And 10 years not doing the dust is we forgot about our nature, forgot about meditation, looking inwardly, all that method that we forgot, that's why it become dusty. And how much you actually corrupted, but the mirror never become corruption. You can actually put effort and clean up. So that is the example of our nature is actually pure. So when you start thinking our nature is pure, then they have all the conditions and methods you know, we can learn to actually improve ourselves. What to improve? The first thing we need to improve is learn to notice, but reduce judgment. In our life, you know, why so important dignity? Why so important practice of understanding dignity? Because dignity is like a force. It's like a base and force of decisiveness. You want to take decision? Decisiveness actually comes from your dignity. Um, compassion that you want to act correctly is actually comes from dignity. Your mind start judging towards yourself and other, but not hurt much. It actually comes from your dignity. Because we don't have no dignity, means you, we, we think our nature is not good. So when you start judging yourself by your action or somebody's opinion, these days we have Instagram and uh, Facebooks, you know, people say things about you and you feel hurt. One day I had to receive an email, not me, but my organization, they're saying negative towards me and all some, some of my students say, oh, Rinpoche, you know, as I say, yeah, they can let them say, you know, what is wrong with that? You don't need to read what they say. Just read a few lines. They're saying negative. And don't read the whole thing. Just sweep. And who's saying good one? Just read that one, you know? 
And I realized that these days, everybody talks so important, takes so important what people say, because they start judging other people's voice, other people's expression, other people's opinion. You use like a, that is a measurement of how you are. Because we don't know how I am. We judge ourselves by other people's opinion, other people's reaction, other people's think. That's why we say, people rob, steal my dignity. And I say, it's a strange expression. Now I want to tell you why. First, you're going to have big question. Okay, Rinpoche, now you said nature is pure. All right, okay. Now the question comes up, who made that nature? It's perfect. Should be somebody made right, right? The real answer is, is no one created that nature of mine, nature of yours, nature of phenomena. It's pure perfection. Nobody made it. Why? That's why you call nature, right? When it's created, how can it be nature? You understand? So our innate nature is uncreated, completely perfect, all right? That's why when you do something negative, sometimes you have feeling that, oh, I think it's not right. That religion, how you say this, uh, moral compass, where the moral compass come from, that where did the deep feeling come from? Is something's wrong? Where? Because your nature is perfect. That's why some crack of your habit, bad habit is a crack, and there's some light shining through, saying, that is bad, then it goes back. You don't know how to catch that, you know? You don't know how to express, is number one. Number two, the issue that I face is this. We judge a lot, comparing, comparing and judging, always. You know, what I see is correct. What you see is not correct. My one is the only good way. The judgment is like that. So judgment produces emotions. And noticing does not increase your emotions, negative emotions. I give you an example. You wake up in the morning, you wash your face, or sometimes I say, man, you know, we, how you say, you shave your know, face. When you shave your face, you miss up some, you know, moustache or like that. You're not going to bang your hand and angry and upset, right? It's okay, you miss something, you go and shave again. It's noticing. You notice you didn't shave some part. Ladies, you do some makeups, you know, and you, do, you look in the mirror, you miss a few points. You know, you're not going to be emotionally act, you know. Some do, but normally don't. So when you don't do, it's noticing. When you do, it's judgment. Right? So the how do you know judgment, noticing? It's very, very near each other. They both are kind of knowing things, but judgment react too much comparing. Oh, not good. Oh, good. Yesterday was better. Oh, today is not good. You are better than other person. That is judgment. You're comparing, you're judging, and your extra emotion comes up. When you notice, and mind stops there, does not go further. Noticing is, can be very functionable. Judgment can be very emotionable. So judgment sometimes, we feel like it's very important because we're only doing the work through judgment. So when I say reduce judgment, you feel a little bit of, uh, I'm asking you to put your hand on the back, you know, not using your hand, you know, not functionable. You sort of 
thinking, oh, how to work and without judgment? That is the question comes up a lot because we don't have no experience just noticing, live life one day with noticing without judgment. We cannot imagine because we done it, we cannot, we, we never do this way. That is the second part. First part, dignity is what? Right? Second, you ask the question, who created? No one created. Why? When it's created, you don't have no dignity. You already own it by somebody, someone. So you don't have no dignity. You're done. You finish. It's created means you can be uncreated. You, you can lose it. It's inherently present. Now the question is, I meditate today, my dignity grows like a tree? The answer is no. That means I don't meditate, my dignity decrease. Answer is no. Now the question is, why not meditate then? Because the inherently nature you do not recognize, you do not make comfortable to understand, you not put in the effort, the, the dignity to present. That's why you need to meditate. Meditate makes your mind calmer, so your dignity more present. Then your pride, you know, your pride, you see the dignity and pride is very close to each other. So you need to reduce the pride and dignity to maintain. Reduce the judgment, increase the noticing. Okay. So nowadays in the in the America, I you know I'm teaching medicine and compassion and all these kind of things in a program in Jackson Hole, Wyoming and all that. And I'm hearing this kind of these people who are doing humanitarian work. You know, I do a lot of humanitarian work too. I don't call humanitarian work, but most of my job is like humanitarian work, listening to people's uh, family issues and like therapy things, you know, like physical issues and uh, you know, demon things and uh, spirits and, and dreams and uh, family issues and business corruption and you know, somebody cheating them. Basically, we only hear negatives. Uh, who comes when the positive? Nobody comes to me the positive, <laughs> you know. Some, sometimes they are positive, like I got married in Boche, like that, or I got a son, or I got a daughter, please bless, and I'm moving new house, that kind of things. I have very few, but majority comes to me who are always challenged in life. Yeah? I do too with I, my teacher. So, so it's kind of humanitarian work. So it's a kind of challenging towards your uh, state of mind, your state of your physical body. So nowadays you call in the West, uh, they call compassion fatigue. That word doesn't really um, digestible for my mind, because when it's a compassion, you don't have no fatigue. Why compassion and fatigue? Because your compassion that you have is related with your pride and your judgment. Basically, your compassion is completely severe mentality of compassion or hero mentality of compassion. That's why you feel fatigued about it, all right? So when you have genuine compassion, just compassion, don't, no savior mentality, no hero mentality, that means you don't have no personal issue with that. So no ego means no fatigue. That's why I'm saying dignity is so important because dignity is this, I tell you. When I was, you know, uh, how you say, when I got married, I was 25 years old, and I arranged, arranged marriage by my father. So, of course, professor told me about my father, my grandfather, me, this honestly speaking, for me, one way 
is a kind of happy, you know, fortunate to be in this family. But honestly speaking, personal, you know, one way to say, not complaining, but just born, uh, rebirth in a family who have done meditation, it's not good because now I need to meditate, whether I'm happy or not. You understand? Because my, my father did three-year retreat, three-year meditation. I need to fulfill three-year, you know? So it's more like a pressure of responsibility than, you know, like you, many of you, you know, you come to college, you can choose things, you know? Oh, I'm going to do this. I feel, uh, I feel no, I feel like this, you know? It's free will there. I am born, boom, meditation. You need to do this, okay? And your father did this, your grandfather, your grandfather did um, um, nine years of meditation collectively and 20 years of collective. Oh, my God. You know. <laughs> and he never watched movies and he always meditating, looking in the sky, you know. You understand? It's like, you know, but it's such a simple people. This is, this is why I'm really impressed in meditation because when I look at my grandpa, he's so simple guy. So simple guy and so generous person. You know, I have so many stories, but it's not important to tell now, but, but I have a role model. When I learn dignity, I have a role model. You know, he's such a simple guy, wearing very dirty clothes. Narrative means not so fancy clothes, you know, staying and meditating. And he never act with the people. When the people look at him, he always counting something, you know. But when nobody's there, he's it's like a meditating, like a lion, his eyes open. Our tradition meditations, open eye, like this. We don't do, we don't do this. We open eye, open mouth. He says, five senses open. You know, lion, lion. Like this, huh? Lion doesn't go like this. So we say our meditation is like a lion. Dear meditation, how? Always, always afraid. People who meditate, these days, like a deer. What is going to happen? What meditation is going to do? What, 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 what? You know? Then, some of our meditation, how? Hunter. Hunter. What hunter do? You know, you watch on YouTube. I watch YouTube. Very simple. They stay in a tree, hold a spear or bow, wait, put some food down there, they wait. They wait for the whatever the animal comes down to throw. Nowadays, meditators like that always waiting for some experiences. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, right. Mm, Belize. Oh. See, our traditional, we never have that. Our traditional, which are set. We experience all that, but we never grasp because we know inherently it's pure. Whatever experience comes, is let it come. We don't interfere. So dignity is so important for spiritual. Dignity is so important for your own happiness. Dignity is so important for your compassion. Dignity is so important to being something. Like when I was married, I'm really hungry for somebody hug me. You know, you understand? Hug me, hugging. Just in condition, unconditionally hug. You know, I'm pretty sure I'm telling you, you look at your heart, you need that. I'm no kidding though. You say like, I don't need this. Mainly men, you know, I don't need hug. I, I know I'm a man too. We need it. Men need it. That's why I, 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 I look at my boy and I look at my girl. Girl is very accept, you know, ex expressible. 
So it's very easy to, for her because she goes, da da, you know, she hugs and I hug and it's easy. But my boy doesn't hug me. So I say, come here. And he's what? Hug me. He says, no. <laughs> so when I hug, he really melts down. Then I told my wife, sometimes men don't say we don't want, but actually many of men, no, I cannot say all of men, but many of the men need hug, need some kind of cherishing. Because why? Because we, time to time, we forgot about our inherently dignity. That's why we feel whole in our heart. Because we don't need actually love. Inherently, we are full of love. Inherently, we are actually full of, completely satisfied inside. But we didn't understood to, you know, to reach this level, or you don't recognize this. That's why we're hungry for something externally. You know, that's why I feel like a lot of issues are, you know, society, individual, you know, so many things, you know, happens because of you judge yourself, you other people judging you, and you affect it, and you judge yourself again and again and again, and through different conditions, you know, we affected so much in our life, in a relationship. So I give you one example. I have one person I really trust, 100%, and that person is like, I realized that completely like really difficult to trust. You understand? Like big, how you say, unreliable, uh, non-reliable person. And I'm so shocked. That kind of nice person can be unreliable, you know? So normally what happens? Imagine, when you something trust 100% and become unreliable, what happens? Now you become a harder to trust other people, yes or no? Naturally happens, because this is our defensive tool to protect ourselves, not to trust, right? For me, did not affect that much. You know why? Because every morning I meditate, I say, first I do meditation, then I say, nature of my mind is pure, nature is all being is pure, nature. So first I had a little difficult compassion towards the person, but after I have so much compassion, I have no, nothing, no, no emotional tie, negatively tied with me. So dignity, is where you land, where you stay, where you begin with your practice. Compassion is expression, you know? Compassion is like when you're full of, you know, how you say, complete insight, you know? Happiness or joy, whatever you want to call compassion, insight, then compassion is just an expression, you know? And you don't need to protect anything. It's always giving. Number one. Number two, when you meditate, you don't need to meditate with a hunt, like a hunter, hunting experiences. You don't need to meditate like a deer, always, you know, something could happen or what. You can meditate like a lion. Whatever happened, happened. Doesn't matter. You know, I'd see it, see it, no see it, no see it. I can meditate for one hour. No matter, because inherently nature is pure. You can see that just mantra of that so powerful. Make yourself a doubt that nature is pure. Just make a doubt yourself. And through the doubt, you open your heart. You know? Now you're going to say, Rinpoche, really this important, you know, this uh, dignity is important? I think it's very important. You know why? Right now, many of you, many of us, we go through this difficulty. Not knowing dignity. Not improving compassion. No, uh, no improving your sixth sense, you know, decisive sixth sense. Uh, sometimes you want to uh, change yourself, you know, improve your character, improve your behavior, 
in improve your uh, habits, sometimes you feel that you cannot do it because you don't have no dignity with yourself. You don't see beyond your, your action. You need to look beyond your action. Your nature is pure. You start from there. Then you can change your habit. You can change, you know, I tell you, my habit was before, when I was 18, you know, to 19, 12, 19 and 20, when I angry, I punch the wall. Because I'm a Buddhist, I train on a Buddhist, I don't punch people, but I punch wall, <laughs> you know? Then, no, no, I'm not kidding, really. Then after I got married, I'm so much, you know, jealous with, uh, with my wife, whoever she look interesting to other people. You know, I'm really, really, this is all my love experience, I'm telling you, that I'm born in a meditation every day, many hours meditation, doesn't matter how much hour you do it. You need to improve your habit. You need to change your um, character. Your character is what you think you are, but can change. Habit is what you in conditionally make you, okay? Behavior means what you smile me, I smile back. It's behavior, okay? So behavior is like reaction, you know, you react, behave, okay? Condition changes, you behave, okay? This is one. Number two, go deeper. Behavior, your, what I said before, character, uh, behavior, and habit. So behavior is outside, Habit is little bit inner, little bit harder to change. Now the character, little bit, you feel like it's me. And I met many people, Rambuchi, my character is, I said, this character is nothing, it's okay, you can change. I was angry, I changed. I was jealous person, I changed. I was a low self, you know, sustained kind of person who doesn't talk to public, and now I do public teaching, I change. Before I judge myself all the time my, through my action, I'm changed. Before I don't think I'm nature's pure, I'm changed. So character can change. Why? Nature is always perfect. That's why character can change. You know, so you really need to start with there. I really see the society is so important to you to train because you're going to have family, next generation of American people. Imagine. You can give to your kid what? Just uh, saving money to send expensive colleges? That is what you can do? It's not good enough. Colleges doesn't teach you dignity. College doesn't teach you how to practice compassion. This is our responsibility to teach our kids dignity and compassion and behavior and transforming. This is our responsibility. Not just feed them food and uh, send to school. So next generation America is in your hand. Third generation, you imagine you become grandpa and grandma. What you can give to your third generations, you know, it's so important to give them dignity, confidence, you know, practice compassion, in a correct way of compassion. Compassion, right, the word is very deceiving, you know, because compassion and sympathy, empathy, it looks very similar, but it's actually not the same. It's completely different. Compassion means Seeing your own experiences, what is the cause of suffering? When you do not see your own experiences, what is the cause of suffering? You cannot actually have compassion to others. Oh, poor, oh, I want to give, no, I want to suffer. That is compassion. That is not compassion. That is expression. Compassion means your ego is the core reason that you are going through trouble. You're judging something, that is making you more emotional. So 
I give example to understand our own negative things, you know, and sometimes you feel like, uh, you, know, uh, you know, it's a little bit boring sometimes, but honestly speaking, when you know correctly, you know, knowing dignity, awakening dignity path of practices like compassion, meditation, mantra, we have many different methods. When you know really correctly, it's actually very, very vibrant. It's very, very dynamic practice. Look at our life, how dynamic that is, you know. You talk to people, you go to study, you go to sleep, you watch YouTube, you know, watch movies, you go to party, you chick shack and a ding ding, you know. How many dynamic you choose, right? And you can use this dynamic life into your practice. You see, sometimes at time you check yourself. How? You can see. You see yourself a little bit hypocrite. You see a little bit of pride, a little bit of judgment, a little bit of dignity, a little bit of compassion. You can see all small, small, small here, there, part. So how to improve the dignity? How to improve noticing? How to reduce judgment? This is very, very important. You know? And nowadays, you know, scientists say, Every day you do 13 minutes meditation for six weeks, your mind, your brain going to be function very well. I don't know, some university did research. I forgot, forgot but you can look in YouTube. I just saw this morning. It's not like I, I'm researching anything. I'm just watching different, different YouTube, just pointing, pointing. And <laughs> somebody came up and talking about brain health. They says exercise, eat good food, sleep well, and what? Drink water and meditate, and, you know, like that. So it's a, you know, scientifically saying these things. But right now, I'm not talking about your, your brain health. I'm not talking about having compassion. I'm not talking about having your good life. I'm talking about base of all of that is your own nature. You can have good brain, but when you have no, you don't, you don't connect to your dignity, what good brain can do for you? You can have a compassion, but you don't have no dignity. Compassion is like a small birdie birdie, you know bird? Small bird flying in the sky. What happens? One big wind comes, they blow, blow up. Okay? I'm not kidding. This is how I picture. Dignity is the most important to base on. Dignity means your nature. I'm referring your nature. Dignity brings confidence. Dignity increases compassion. Dignity actually brings happiness, joy, deep down. Whether somebody hug you or don't hug you, doesn't matter. I tell you, when you have pride, you know, I saw one person, one man tell me, man must walk like this, shoulder up, you know, push back, and you shake a little bit. <laughs> and this is everybody can look at you as a man. Woman, you must shake the bottom. This is one man saying in YouTube, okay, I watch. <laughs> huh? Because they say how to be man to present, you know? Really, I'm not kidding. So I study, and I like this kind of things. I always constantly, what people are saying, I want to know. So one day I tried to check, you know, this and do this, walk. I realized that whether you walk this, or whether you walk like this, or when you walk with pride, constantly self-judging and pride, you just a really huge glass Box, you know, glass box. Heard me now, glass box. Somebody, ding, so easily break down. I'm not kidding. Pride, you say, with pride, how do you know? You give advice. Please don't drink alcohol. And the person drinks, you feel very hurt. Not because he drinking alcohol, 
because the person did not listen to your stupid advice. How stupid it sounds like that. This is how pride works. You want to give something, give, you send a little bit of yourself there. You give advice, you give yourself there. Anything you do, you give yourself there, attached with there. That is called pride. Dignity, you give, you give with compassion. You just want to see the person improve. You don't put yourself there. That is a dignity do. Pride and dignity is so big difference. Dignity does not take anything like a glass box, does not shake. Somebody says, I hate you. I say, okay, thank you. <laughs> what I can say, right? I'm not kidding. Dignity is amazing, but you need to train. Beginning is like, you know, I don't know, you try mashed potato, mashed potato. I had a really good mashed potato in Jackson Hall, Wyoming. One of my old friends you know, came from um, uh, Bushman, Bowman, Bowman, uh, Bowman. Uh, they have town called Bo Bowman Town. Bushman, Bushman, something town. And he drive Bushman. Then, then he come down, uh, uh, drive five, five hours, and he cooked me, his old friend of mine. He cooked me very nice and food and mashed potato. Then I said, how, what do you put in a mashed potato? So delicious. He said, potato, cream, and butter mixed together. Exactly. Now you know mashed potato? Okay. Now you think you have dignity. You don't. Why? Our dignity is like a mashed potato. Mixed with ego, everything. So it need to learn to, how you say, separate. So through your experiences, you need two ways. First, you must meditate. Without meditation, you cannot improve. Guarantee. I have many people say, oh, Rinpoche, I'm always, I'm a good heart person. I do charity work. I'll be I'm always nice. Or something. Some people I met, they say, Rinpoche, I do walking meditation, uh, action meditation. I say, whatever you say, you need to put your butt down, <laughs> shut up. Really, this meditation means, meditation means butt down, Means don't move, not talk, shut up. And your mind first focus, mindful in the focus, very gentle focus, then slowly let go focus. Then you can repeat. Nature is pure, nature is pure. Looks very stupid in the beginning, but it's okay. Nature is pure, cool nature is pure, nobody creates in inherently nature is pure. Like that is like, sounds very stupid, honestly, in it sometimes, but really, really important. You start doing that, then slowly by slowly, you're going to see, oh, a little upset today, but not much. Then you notice, okay, now I'm little improving. Oh, upset, little bit better. Then your judgment is slowly, slowly getting less, less, less. It's like in life experiences. Without meditation, your wisdom, your wisdom, wisdom of improvement, not going to grow. You can read a book. You can read my book, you can read other books, you can read thousand books, you can have knowledgeable person. But without meditation, without reflection, without internally checking, you cannot be wise. So you want to be wise, you must look internally. I meditate every day. Okay? I read many books, I study in YouTube, you know, but it's not going to work, you know. End of the day, I need to talk to my wife. Okay, she grew up in America, so she's a little bit uh, tough lady. So it's a very it's not easy to talk to her. You understand, right? So when I talk to her, 
and then she reflect me back, you know, and I sometimes meditate, you know. Two days ago, I'm a little exhausted actually, you know. So with the traveling. So I'm talking with my wife. I'm a little bit grumpy in my talk. Okay, okay, what are you saying? Something like that. What are you saying? Please say speak faster, nothing like that. And she says, calm down. You just said you're meditating. That is your action? Calm down. I said, yeah, I know, I know. Thank you, thank you. Okay, okay. So I need to calm down. You know? So before my ego was so big, I cannot accept anything. Only my teacher say something, okay, I accept. But my wife tell me something, I cannot accept. So I learned to reduce my ego. Calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. I slowly, you can see, when ego goes down, your dignity increases. It naturally is like that. I have students, you know, my monks who scold me. One time I have met people, they say, Buddha is stupid. I say, yes, I agree with you. Buddha is stupid. Anything else you want to say more? <laughs> really, I'm not kidding. I have no defensive mood. Why? Because when you have no ego to hold on, right? I'm talking about idea. Somebody say, your dignity is bullshit. Somebody tell me. I say, okay, thank you. Anything else? See, I, I'm, I'm not here today, Harvard Divinity School, to prove something to you. No. I don't, and I'm not coming here to prove you, or I'm not telling you to do something. What I'm saying is I'm giving a different theory, okay? Different practice and different theory that you, know, you didn't try before. And we, what we want to do, we want to improve ourselves. We want to improve our action. We want to improve our day of living. We want to improve emotionally. We want to improve things. So we are saying, please do this way, just try. What is wrong with the try? For example, you try before aerobic, aer aer aerobic exercise, you try yoga, you did heavy lifting, right? You do running, you try many different exercises, tai chi, qigong, yoga, right? Same thing like that. Why you just put the effort on one year dignity training and see what happens, you know? But train exactly what we're saying. You know, then you're going to see the difference. That's why my point is dignity inherently pure. Uncreated by you, uncreated by anyone, is inherently present. Second, your judgment need to be reduced. Your noticing need to be increased. Thirdly, your pride and your dignity looks very mix max together like a mashed potato but through your experiences you're going to see your pride is slowly slowly dropping you're clinging towards things dropping your dignity is slowly increasing through your experience this is number three number four you can do repeat yourself something say nature is pure nature is pure nature is pure all nature is pure not like your nature is pure and other whole being nature is impure it's not like that Whole being, whole living being, nature is pure, uncreated. That mantra is very, very powerful. So now you're going to say, Rinpoche, how you're going to, what is the best way to motivate us to engage in this motivate, uh, dignity path? I'm going to say, you see compassion path, 
issue with fatigue. You, you saw meditation practices, like 10 hours meditation practices, some traditionally do, or few hours meditation. But you're going to see the same situation, people. They, they told me, after they've done the practice for 10 days or 20 days or one month, after they go into society, they become similar challenge by, you know, things. Because you need to, just meditation is not, not going to be okay. You need to have a base, then you train. Base is very important training. I don't know, you know the Chinese Kung Fu, but uh, the Shaolin temples, they, when they train, they, they have this, this position, sitting position. They call horse stand or something. They sit like this. I don't know, I do the correct, but I've never done it. But the theory is like, sit like this. They call this like this, you know, for hours and hours. And I said, why are you train like that? They said, this is the base training. Without the, your, you know, firm lower, lower body, you cannot train upper body, the kick and whatever. They spend this hours and hours and hours, okay? Exactly like that. What I see nowadays is I do compassion, I do meditation. Meaning you, they're learning kick, they're learning boxing, you know, hand kicking. But do you train dignity? What is that? That means you don't train the horse stand, but you're already learning kicking. This is how I see. That's why it's very important to learn the base first. Then you could build up there. Okay? So, for my point of view is, you want to improve compassion, you want to improve your happiness, you want to improve your life, please train your dignity. Now, amazing part is, it's uncreated. That means what? Nobody can rob your dignity. How amazing that is. You understand? You cannot say, oh, he robbed my dignity. No one can rob because you did not create it. You did not create it means nobody can rob. And I cannot input dignity on you. What? You already have dignity, inherently dignity. So how to do it? Through your meditation, through mantra, like nature is pure, nature is pure, through different practice in the book, I have practices. Then you do it slowly, by slowly, you're going to see some improvement. 100% you're going to see improvement, no doubt. Now, one I want to give you. I see this nowadays people, in myself too, sometimes we, we don't know what to do. Like we find a life partner, we're not sure this is my real life partner or not. Sometimes we want to have kids, we should have kids or not. Or sometimes we find a job, we should do this. There are a lot of this, 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 this how you call it, um, undecisive. Then you have no idea, so you need to think what. Sometimes they have got six sense, you know, six sense, you know, six sense, guts feeling, you know, guts feeling. I have this six sense, this six feeling, I must do this, right? How to increase this six sense? How to increase your guts feeling? How to improve your decisiveness is actually dignity training. Through the dignity training, you train compassion, you train meditation, you train different other methods. This all helps you to increase this, your confidence. For example, I ask my doctor, oh, I have a blood pressure, please come to, how to bring down. They say, do exercise. Then every day I exercise. Okay, I was uh, uh, 220 pounds, I was. 
Uh, now I am eight, 185 pounds, I think. I lose 30 pounds, I think. Right? So I walk, 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 walk. I eat less, I eat this much. Before I eat this much, I eat this much. All right? Then I walk, 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 exercise, you know. Now my doctor said I should do lip, this power lifting, all that. I'm not yet do all that yet. I did small, small lifting, but not yet. Big one. But I'm going to start soon, soon slowly. You know, I do this exercise. It helps my body, helps my, you know, things. So I start thinking, oh, exactly like this. Dignity training. When you start doing, your, your sixth sense improve. Your, how you look at the world improve. How you look at yourself improve. Your compassion improve. Your meditation actually improve. You understand? Many people are doing meditation. I feel this. I'm, I'm not feel. I know they are doing something uh, not correct. Not meditation. They forgot about the dignity. That's why they don't know how to trust their experiences. You understand? So when I meditate, I like this. I have this confidence. When I see people meditating, little bit not sure, you know. And they're writing, Rinpoche, I had this, 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 I have this, this, this. Mostly question is not having dignity. Now you have dignity, 50% of question also gone. You know, just think. Nature is pure, nature is uncreated. Oh, very important, uncreated. Nature cannot be loose, cannot be lost, cannot be taken, cannot be increased. Nature is pure, inherently exists, inherently pure. This kind of mantra is very, very important. So that is called awakening dignity. Okay? So it's good to be short, you know, because I cannot teach too long. My time is one hour. So now I want to open this. I have a book called Awakening Dignity. We, now we're going to set up program, dignity program, meaning the, how you say, this practice program. Okay? So what happened is I have a very good student. She's a professor. And uh, she comes to my meditation center. And uh, every day, every time I teach, I talk about dignity somehow, dignity, dignity, that, dignity, this. I, so a few years back, like seven years back, she said, Rinpoche, really, I, uh, we need to write a book of dignity because you're saying too much. We need to write this. It's going to be benefit to people. Then I said, okay, but I don't know how to write English. Then she said, Rinpoche, I'm going to help you to write. I said, okay, very good. Thank you. Then she worked one year and a half. She took um, leave from her college, you know, and she completely put into this dignity work. And I went through many, many times with her. Beginning, I just left her to do whatever, you know, she needed to do. Then I have to come up with the book, Awakening Dignity. It's a quite really good book. I, whenever I listen to the points, really capture all the key points that I'm mentioning. Actually, more than, more than me. Because, you know, she's catching all the major points. And there are many, many methods. Every chapter, they have methods. And now we're going to start programming. A program, you know, how to improve this. Because I see a lot of compassion training, a lot of this. But dignity training, not there. So we have a lot of important dignity training. That's why I'm here. Proof, you know, for you. I don't know many of you may see, but I have my own proof that where I started. You know, you think I'm started with happy life? No, I always started with a challenging life. Compromising, challenging, pleasing, patient, understanding, letting go things, sometimes a little bit hard work, you know, because I live in a very big society. 
You understand? Asian society, I think you know. And on top of that, I have a Dharma society. You know, and you have this kind of, you know, it's normal. Everywhere is like that. So I need to be patient, understanding, and you know, taking all the negative things and eat it, you know. And now my wife has become so wise, really. Because every morning I woke up, I had a tea with her. And we discussed, what? No family, no business, no nothing, no money, no house. What? About emotional. What is this? What is dignity? What is compassion? How to improve? What is this? Talk, talking, sharing, you know. Because I have two kids. You know, so when I see my son is a little bit uncomfortable with himself, cannot face the world, you know, and I can relate these kids with many other kids, you know, and my daughter is become too strong, you know, how to handle her to become more, a little bit less sort stronger, you know, because relationship, men and women need to be balanced, you know, you can't be one strong, too strong like that, you know. So I tell my daughter, just have more compassion. And I tell my boy, little bit more steady, little bit more stronger. You know, you become too less, you know. So how to be little bit more dignity, you know, like that. So I always joke with my kids. I say, who is the boss in the family? And they all point my wife. She is the boss, you know. I say, okay, yes, she's the boss. So we, I realized that when we quarrel, you know, couple quarrel, I realized that they're not quarreling because they hate each other. They're quarreling, they want to know who is alpha. They want to know who is alpha, you know. Of course, misunderstanding, but that is misunderstanding. It's just a front, the back. I, I realize for me, my relationship, not you, my relationship is alpha. So now alpha is we change alpha. Sometimes I'm alpha, sometimes she's alpha. So we never fight. So whenever she wanted planning, you know, something like this, I say, okay, please you decide. I have no idea with that. Okay, she's okay. Okay, good. When it comes certain things, she says, oh, Rupaji, please take over. I go, okay. She says, okay, good. No, we, know, we don't fight. Because we, now we found Alpha. Who is Alpha? So Alpha is what? For good for the family. Not to your win, not to her win. It's good for the whole family. You know, that understanding, you need to have dignity, compassion, understanding, and everything. So it's a very, dignity, I think, is very, very important, honestly speaking. That's why for you it's beneficial, but for your kids it's so important. Next generation of Americans is so important. So that's why please, please um, practice your dignity. Um, think of your nature is pure and try to learn meditation. And please meditate a little bit you can to improve yourself and you can improve other people. And especially your kids and next generation of Americans and next, next generation of Americans to improve themselves and benefit others. Thank you so much. And um, I'd like to open up some question answers. Right, this, this is a book that Rinpoche is referring to that has lots of fabulous detail, practicalities, um, specific methods called Awakening Dignity, so you can find it easily um, Amazon or any bookseller. What we'd like to do is take questions, so if you have questions, raise your hand, and then Jonathan will come and hand you the mic so that we can hear you properly. So just feel free to raise your hand, and then I'll, I'll um, call out people for questions. Uh, thank you so much for being here and having us here, Rinpoche. Um, 
I was struck by something you said about doubt. Um, you said doubt that nature is mind, and then through that doubt, open your heart. So I was wondering how you get from doubt and use that doubt to open your heart. That's a very good question. Through the doubt, you're going to book the book. Then through the book, you're going to start meditating. Then the doubt start becoming experience, right? Then experience start become more like defined, more you know, more confident. So when you don't have no doubt at all, I don't care like that, then you never are pursued. You know, so you need to have a question, a little doubt on yourself. Then you go to pursuit. Now that is my, what I want yeah? you to pursuit. So anybody, please come on. How about Divinity School community? Other questions? Yes. Yeah. The, the person in on the head. Uh, hi, Patrick. Oh, hi, Patrick Rinpoche. Thank you also for being here. Um, my question is similar too in the sort of doubt concept, but more in like thinking about training dignity, nature or true nature is. What struck me when you were talking about it was sort of listening to that voice, the sixth sense, yes. Um, and I think like a lot of that is deciding to do actions, like following through with that voice, what it's telling you to do, would like just being more listening and like, oh, would it be more like following the directions of that voice that is the training of the dignity or is there more to it than sort of that? aspect of the listening to the voice. That I think I see quite a bit in the Western, the voice. Mm, in East, when we train meditation training, we don't take too important the voice because voice is very deceiving. In the West, I realize a lot of this voice, voice, voice. For us, voice experiences, um, um, Realizing experiences, you know, divine individuals. In the East, especially our meditation, meditation tradition, especially not just East, but meditation tradition that I come from, we very uh, like to um, uh, not to attach to these experiences. Now the question comes, how, how I know the separation, that which voice I should listen, right? The answer is, don't listen to all the voice. Listen your intuition, your, your direction of your, your wisdom, your understanding. And wisdom only comes from meditate, then you observe the situation, study what you need to do, and look around, and they could have this clear vision. Then you do it. You can call it voice. The clear voice only comes from meditation. Normal voice, you can go nightclub, then you have a feeling and you think it's a voice, that is not the voice. That is your thought telling you things. So that's why we really worried about this voice things in the, in the mind meditation, voice, vision, dreams, experiences. You hardly see traditional meditation like this. We never do that. You ever saw that? We never do this. We do sometimes, oh yeah, I had this feeling, but we always, we exhale. Exhale. Then, you ever saw a lion in Africa like that? You never saw one lion that lion goes 
like this. You never saw lion like that. Who you, who you see this? Leopard, like that. Leopard, cheetah, this kind of thing. So we always refer, my master, don't be like dog, be like a lion. You know, this is my teacher used to say. Means you throw a stone to the dog, dog would chase the stone, yes? They love to chase stones and woods and things, you know? Now you go to Africa in the future, I've never been, but you go to Africa. Throw a stone to lion, lion not going to run the stone, lion going to jump on you. So my teacher says, don't chase the feeling, don't chase the voice, don't chase the vision. Look in, who having this vision? It's me, who I am. Pride me, then it's wrong. You're clinging me, wrong. Not compassionate me, not compassionate me, wrong. Do we call spiritual materialism? You understand? Gaining thing, gaining power, gaining thing, gaining experiences, kundalini. I see this in America a lot, like this. I, I respect, really, they be helpful to people. I, I'm very happy, but traditionally we don't do this. But they feel benefit by people changing their effect. I think they change, then I'm very happy. Whatever can change your character, please do. But you must change negative to positive, angry person to good person. That is the important. Whether you follow Buddhism or not, doesn't matter. What really can change you? Going in the forest can change you? Go in the forest. Make you free, changing, hugging tree? Do that. Changing the dog can change you? Do that. Changing is very important. Without change, not good. Yeah, okay, so my answer is very long, very lousy, but my point is don't listen all your voice. Meditate, then the, the voice, the intuition, the voice become intuition. The sixth sense, intuition, that is very important. Just normal voice, don't listen. This is what I want to say. My answer can be a little harsh, sorry. I really, I really um, want to be you to be a clear answer to you. You know, this is why I'm a little hush, a little bit here and there. Sorry about that. Yeah. Two more questions, please. Hi. Um, again, thank you so much, Rinpoche, for this beautiful talk. Um, I work with communities of um, sometimes marginalized communities where... What is marginalized? Um, so people who are maybe... Um, of color or come from immigrant backgrounds, okay, and okay. I work with Understood. a lot of no, understood. yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes um, people like this don't have the privilege and the time to meditate because they're really busy trying to work three jobs to take care of their children, no, right, or feed their families or whatever these things are. Um, and I wonder what is the easiest way, or how would you be able to incentivize or encourage them to tap into some form of meditation if they don't have the time to sit and maybe for a while to to shut their mind or quiet their mind because of all of the stressors from, again, the capitalism and the consumerism and the pressures of our society. I think they don't have no time is not our problem. 
they're going to find the time when they know it's right. What we need to do is we need to give them a tool, a way or information that dignity is inherently. You did not, I did not create your dignity and your dignity, your nature is pure. You did not create it true. It's inherent. When you know that whether marginalized or not marginalized, doesn't matter, wherever you are, you never lose it, your ground. Why you lose ground? Because we completely forgot about that nature, pure. Just imagine how powerful the word is. Inherently nature is pure, but it's uncreated. It's not created by you, not created by anyone. Cannot lose it, but cannot give to you. It's inherent. It's not judged by your action. It's inherently pure. How powerful that, just, just think that concept it's so powerful. That gives you what? Inherent freedom, actually. It's a human right to understand inherently pure, isn't it? You all talk about human right of what? Education, human right of election. Human. Isn't it a human right to need to understand the inherent is pure? I think it's a human right. I think it's a good right. So now the answer is do not go into this uh, you have time, you don't have, no. Give them information. This is must you need to do, few times, few hours, or not few hours, few, 10, hour, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you need to do, you know, give the method. When they experience that, they're going to find the time, they're going to do it. No matter what, they not do it. Because we're not able to give this information, reach the information to them, so then it's a problem. You know, time is their problem, not our problem. We cannot tell them, do this, do that. That is no right way. Let them choose. But you say, we're doing this. It's benefit, benefit too. Please, you try. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. This uh, gentleman. Uh. Uh, you know. <laughs> Thank you. My question for you is about your time with your family, your mm. meditation practice. Mm your other professional or nonprofit endeavors, uh. and other self-care <laughs> that you do for yourself or self-enhancement uh, activities. Yeah. Um, coming, I have two children very young, and I um, just want to hear from you how you balance your time as a family man, a professional man, yeah, and your own, it's your own well-being. It's understanding. And when I got married with my wife, I told her, I said, really, you know, from my young, young child, not child, but eight years, you know, seven, eight, nine years from my age, I always make aspiration. Aspiration is really beautiful. You cannot achieve something this life or you cannot achieve right now, make aspiration. Make aspiration. Like uh, you're a religious person and go front of the religious item. You're a non-religious person, just put your palm together. You don't want to put palm you just stand up like this, you know, like uh, when you national anthem and you go like this, you know, national anthem, yeah, so you do aspiration, you are non-religious, non-believer, non-spiritual, like that, then just put your head, heart, heart, hand in your heart like this, I make aspiration, what, what, what. So I told my wife that my aspiration was to um, practice Dharma and uh, to benefit some people how much I can. That is my whole purpose, you know. So now I got married with you. Uh, my, our marriage is going to interfere my uh, my aspiration is going to be very difficult so please understand my aspiration she says okay 
Then after that, now she is the biggest contribution in my organization. Like without her, like she puts her hand on any projects, that goes 100 and 200% perfections because she's a perfectioner. So now my kids' situations, I explain them. See, my father, 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 <laughs> father, father, 800 years they do meditation. So I have no choice, my son. I have no choice. I need to do that. After all, I'm sorry to tell you, you don't have no choice to. <laughs> so please understand. So my son and daughter say, first, you know, kids, you know, they're emotional. Dada, when I was, when I'm your young, I'm young, you're never there. You're always traveling, you know. So you, I, I don't feel your love, you know. That, that I had that kind of experiences. So I talk to them, I share with them. So I think it's okay, yeah. So my now son going to uh, go and go on my footstep. He's doing uh, uh, normal schooling. Now he's finishing certain part. So I'm taking out from the school and now to go to train meditation training. And he say, and my wife asked him, you know, you really want to do this? He said that, Mama, I already decide. I'm going to do that. So he's 14 years old. So he already decide. So I think. These days, kids, you need to share love and you know, spend time, but you need to tell what is going through. You know, it's responsible of your parents and your, you know. But for you, you need to work every day, right? To earning. You don't see kids every day, meaning every hour. You know, how much you put effort. You know, you need to share a little bit, not need to share all the difficulty, but share some effort, like I go this, I do this for you, you know. And they need to understand that. You know, so my kids understand this. So they feel okay. And whenever I travel out and I see people you know, begging money like that, right do I give money to my kids? Okay, now offer. And they offer two hands. When I see with one hand, I say, no. Next time, two hands. They're always two hands. Then slowly I said, you think you are a superior because you're giving to them? Don't think that. Because they are begging, you're able to give. Nobody begs where you're going to practice generosity. So they are actually giving us a chance to practice generosity. It means they are superior than us. So that kind of example and through like this, they now more, they are more, how you say, compassionate kind of, not 100% saving the sentient being compassion, but they have this feeling of, you know, compassion, very simple compassion. So. My kids are very good compassionate there. Yeah, the school people told my wife. So one day my daughter is crying, you know, we're staying in the room and she cried like, like somebody died or something. Then I said, what happened, you know? So my wife talked to her and she said, oh, we have a roof to stay, you know, protected from the, this heavy rain. But there's so many people who don't have roof. Where are they going to go? So she's crying for the people who don't have the roof. You understand? So that kind of feeling I can able to produce them. So when they grow up, this is going to be value for them. That is going to be the, their moral ethic. For us, moral ethic is our intention, our compassion, our direction, our intuition is our moral ethic. It comes from our own inner dignity. Yeah. This is how I do it. Not, not perfect. It's not going to be perfect because everybody is different. So I do it this way. Yeah. Uh, anyone? Nothing?
Thank you so much. Thank you, Professor. Sponsor, Buddhist Ministry Initiative at Harvard Divinity School. Copyright 2023, President and Fellows of Harvard College.